0: everybody this is keith music man hanelik with the final and final pod- podcast and i'm with Ion zanka he's a composer and violinist and uh he's with the dallas string quartet hi ian hello thank you for coming on i appreciate it
1: absolutely thank you for having me
0: well i was listening to some of your music and really enjoying it and i noticed that uh you're very eclectic in your approach and you like to sometimes cover other artists' songs that are in the pop rock genre and convert it over to um, more classical types of music. Yes, yes, we do a little
1: bit of that for sure.
0: So I understand you are from Romania. Where Did you grow up
1: there? I did. I uh, moved to United States uh, in 2001. Um I moved here for college but and I've been so I'm at the point where I've been in the United States almost as long as I've
0: been in Romania
1: so uh, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> different kind of life here, huh? Uh,
1: very different and you know and now Whenever I go back, you know, you can see the differences. You know, you get used to this. Whenever I'm here, you remember that. So it's very easy to get confused, you know. (laughs) Do you miss it? I miss it a little bit. Normally I go every year, but because of COVID, uh, I haven't been able to go in a few years. So uh, my family is still there. So I do a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm. I see. Well, I understand that. So are you the originator of the group, the Dallas String Quartet? I am, yes. When did all that start? Um,
1: so that started in college. I was uh I was playing with the symphony and I was also doing gigs with a with a group, with a quartet, and uh um, after a while I was um uh, I just trying to explore some different styles and it's kind of hard in the classical world because you don't have many possibilities. You play with the symphony and you don't really choose what you play. The you know, conductor or the music director chooses and, and so I love to kind of find a different avenue, a different way to perform some different uh, genres and things that I wasn't able to do in my professional classical career. So, um, that's when we looked at the quartet and when we were playing the, all the gigs we were had more liberty to try new things. And uh, that kind of gave me an idea to start something kind of new and tweak it and kind of make it a little bit more, according to my personality, I guess, like you were mentioning earlier, a little bit more eclectic.
0: I see. So is this your your main gig or is this something you do along with the day job like a lot of indie artists?
1: No. We're fortunate that we're busy enough that this is full time. Uh, we do a lot of traveling and recording and touring, and so it's definitely a blessing to be able to make this full-time job.
0: Oh, great. How did you meet the other three members?
1: So um, originally I met them. Uh, we were going to the same college, the same U in Dallas, but um, the members have changed a little bit, and some have come now from a different parts, and um, it's a little bit... Uh, the quartet—it's actually six people, and three of them are more jazz background—the guitar, bass, and drums, and oh. the violins are all classical training. So it's a little bit of an eclectic group as well,
0: with different backgrounds. I see. Well, I was looking at all the albums you have released in Spotify, and and looking back, it looks like you've had different members over the years.
1: Yes, yes. So that's what I was saying. It changed. In the current format, we've been like this for about five years. I see. So, but some of the original members. Um, some were, um from Argentina, from different countries. Some have decided to go back after college, and so it kind of changed a little bit.
0: I see. So you're spending a lot of time on the road again since the COVID's, you know, eased up some, or... Are there plans for that? Yes,
1: yes, we are a little bit. We're starting uh, more and more, and um, it's it's fun because we uh, during COVID we were able to record a lot of new music. So now it's fun to kind of try it out live in concerts, and it's always very different from the studio to the live performance. So it's exciting right. to make that transfer.
0: Oh, okay. So you have some new music coming out. When, when do you anticipate releasing that?
1: Uh, well, actually, the our newest uh, song is called Sabor, and it's an original it's an original song, it's a Latin jazz song, and it's featuring uh, an amazing pianist, a very well-known, Jesus Molina. Um, and it just came out, actually, this Friday.
0: All right, I listened to it. Good song. I love music like that. Actually, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So it's very rich. It's very different than what we normally do. There's a lot of percussion and brass and, uh, and piano. All of this that normally they're not in our uh, in our regular tracks. But this is a really fun project.
0: So this is uh, one single. Is this like a springboard into a full-length album or an EP down the line? Or, uh, or I
1: think so. We, we wanted to, you know, before we used to record a full album, and kind of our fans react to it. But uh, recently, because we wanted to try different things, more electronic stuff, more Latin, jazz or pop. And so the way we're working right now is we're kind of releasing a single in that genre, right? and we kind of gauge a little bit to see if so our fans like this kind of thing that we're putting out, or new people appreciate it. So also for us to see, it gives us a, a little bit of creativity, freedom to, to just kind of try new things. So I'm hoping right. the response has been really, really great. It's already had over 10,000 streams in just a few days on Spotify, and... It's supposed wow. to be amazing for this song. So, yeah, so maybe, maybe we are going to, we might have to do full album.
0: Well, you know, it's nice to have that core audience there at all times willing to listen and then to be able to cross right. over, keep, keep that, you know, core audience and add another audience on. Even better, right? You
1: know, <laughs> and that would be the ideal part. And, yeah, and hopefully we're not, too far away from what our fans are used to where there's still the sound of strings and the way we play with melodies. But like you said, you know, hopefully we will bring new audience also because um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jesus Molina, but he's just an amazing and it's up-and-coming jazz pianist and I've never seen anything. I've seen a lot of musicians in my life, but this kid is just something else. So if you're not familiar with him, check him out. He's, he's incredible, incredible jazz pianist.
0: How'd you find him?
1: Um, So I've seen uh, a lot of his videos to Instagram and YouTube whenever I was, uh, for the last year or so. And I've always marveled. I just stopped, you know, and you have that moment where you look and somebody's so amazing and you're like, I practice hours and hours and I don't know if I, I feel like I'm level one still. This guy is unbelievable. He's that good. He's that good, you know? And so... (laughs) I've always stopped and marvel his videos. And then one of my friends, he was a, a colleague with him in Berkeley. And so he introduced me to him and said, like, hey, you know, this is actually a really nice guy. And so I talked to him and I said, hey, if you want to, you know And you can't have Latin music without a good piano, clave type thing. And I was like, would you be interested to be on this uh, track? And he was very... uh very uh, willing to listen to it. So we sent him a, a demo and, and he loved it. So, and we, uh, we had him record it, but I mean, it's been so, it's so amazing because you don't, uh, there's no string quartet with the jazz pianist doing this kind of stuff. Everybody's expecting a single would pop up from somewhere at one point, but it's no single. It's just the violins <laughs> for better or
0: worse. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, uh, at the at the uh, Berkeley School of Music right now, or is he a graduate?
1: I think he, he's a graduate. He, or, I don't know if he was a visiting uh, visiting guest or, but I that's how my friend knows, and that's he he met him there, and so I
0: see.
1: he connected with me. He connected with <laughs> me that way, but um, I don't know exactly. I know he's originally from Colombia, and and ah. what interesting is we. Mm-hmm. One cool thing with this track, because of the pandemic, uh, is like everybody, all the musicians are able these days to like record and track remotely. So it's been right. really, really, really cool. Like on this track, for the first time, we had the percussion recorded actually in Colombia because we oh. wanted to get as an authentic feel as possible. So we had the whole percussion recorded in Colombia. They sent us the track here in Dallas, uh, and then has since recorded in LA. And he sent the tracks here. And then we had some really good friends from Dallas, brass guys from the jazz department at UNT, the One O'Clock, the Grammy-winning band there. But they're playing in D.C. with the National Orchestra. So they recorded all the brass in D.C., and they sent the tracks. So you have this collection of tracks and people, like, all coming together from around the world, uh, working on one project and putting amazing. it on. It's been Amazing.
0: It sounds to me like uh, talking to people over the past, you know, three or four months, I would say, with, with these interviews I've been on, that in a lot of ways it's been a blessing, COVID, for people to, uh, you know, take, it take the pressure strange, off. but and, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, it does sound weird. But, you know, um, it's the silver lining with the black cloud, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean,
1: it. for me personally... You know, I've always wanted to kind of slow down and, like, find a new voice or new things, a new style, something to inspire. Because when you're always on the road and you play you play, you kind of have to play the same thing over and over because you don't have time to change it every, you know, two weeks or every month. So you have to stick with everybody knows the repertoire and the show and the lighting and everything. And it stays, of course, you have to stay with that format for but now I was finally, it kind of forced me to, like, to write new music, uh, collaborate with new people that I've, I've always wanted to. And so it's been amazing to, to do that, to just be able to sit at home and not be rushed and uh, take my time to write some music or uh, practice, <laughs> you know what I mean? All the <laughs> stuff that you never have time once you're a professional musician, you know?
0: Right, right. So are you folks on a label or is it an indie release uh, that you usually do? So this it's indie,
1: indie release,
0: and we've been
1: thinking about that for a while because we have, uh, our audience has been growing and growing um, for a while and we have some amazing numbers at two, three 300,000 listening monthly on Spotify, about half a million on Pandora. So they really good numbers where we could go either way, but it's been kind of fun to be able to have control of over your music. and So unless there's something really, really big we thought was like somebody will add something completely different that we cannot do, for now we, just, we like to be independent.
0: So is it typically you make more of your money on the road, you know, performing live and selling swag and whatnot rather than selling CDs because people are streaming so much?
1: Yes, well, and so the good thing is that we also, um, in, in our category, in our genre, you know, we stream a lot because we are some of the first doing this crossover thing. Um, it was us, Lindsey Sterling, and the piano guys and two cellos that, there were like four groups that were in this crossover genre, classical with pop, um, when we started about seven years ago. Um and so we were able to build some incredible numbers and there's some some royalties that help with the project but mostly is is you know the concerts
0: on the road and the swag, yes. So are you coming anywhere near to Massachusetts this year? I'd love to see you live. Yeah, that would be fun.
1: Um I I mean we're gonna be in the Hamptons in July, but I don't know how close that is. Probably not the closest to you. That we're gonna be the rest is gonna be Connecticut, which I think is gonna be
0: not as close. Yeah, Connecticut's but I'm not also bad.
1: boring, so my geography might be off completely.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I understand um, based on your your bio on the website, there's a long long lineage of musicians in your family. It's in your blood, in your genes, comes natural, yeah. you know. And um, when did you actually go professional? I mean, was it prior to college or was it like you mentioned before, you met these people in college and just decided to to go for it?
1: Um, No, so in my mind, I've been professional since I started because I started when I was four or five, but um, my parents sent me, I was in a boarding school. So from the beginning, Uh this was meant to be my profession. It wasn't something I find later in life. So I've always done it with the idea in mind that that's my career.
0: It's like being born into
1: it, right? (laughs) Yes. Being born into it and, and then starting music my whole life. So that was kind of the idea that I would be a professional musician. So I never thought of that, that I had the option of choosing something else, you know,
0: is that That's happiness for you, though? Is that does that feel like this is definitely what you're supposed to be doing, and you're happy with that? You made that decision.
1: That's a good question. That's a great, great question. I um, I could see how it can be sometimes. It feels you know like you don't have any control over it, and it's uh, you could be a little bit disappointed. But in my case, um, I it kind of worked out because I like what I do and. Also, it eliminated that stress of choosing. Like, I see a lot. My wife, she didn't know her major until, like, third year in college. And I always thought that was that was mm-hmm. very strange to me that she didn't know what she wanted to do until then. Like, but all that guesswork kind of went on the window. So, it kind of frees you a little bit to do what you're supposed to do. So, And I cool. also like this. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I'm, I'm happy uh,
0: my parents kind of helped me. Put me on that path early on. Actually the, the the college uh journey is what what you just mentioned is pretty typical. People don't realize what direction they want to go until they get into yeah, three years in. Yeah.
1: Here, in the States that was the first time I, I noticed that. I because I, I was panicked for her. I was like, how do you not know? You have like a, three years left. Uh, I was like, Who is that? <laughs> they, they were so relaxed about it. It was like, should I do economics? Should I do like nursing? I am like, those are so different. How do you not know? <laughs> uh, but, well,
0: that's because uh, they have you taken all the the um, the minor courses for the first couple of years, the, the mandatory right, the basic, courses. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's all about yeah, money. I mean, it, it makes sense here, but in my world, yeah, I just, uh, it, it didn't seem like that was a choice. <laughs> but, right. yeah, I, I can see either way. I feel like my son is, like, like taking some piano lessons, but I feel like as soon as I was to, like, you do whatever you want, like, piano be gone.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got an uh, uh, interruption here. Uh, I'll, uh... I'm sorry, I I got an unexpected guest here. Um, So I really appreciate your time today. And um, talking about your music and your background has been very interesting. And I hope to hear more of your music in the future and catch you live at some point. Well, that would be great. Uh, We'd love to meet you in person. All right, Ian. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.